Welcome to another episode, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Rich Klein. As you know from the title of the episode, this will be another tribute episode. Rich and I have enjoyed, I've enjoyed doing them, Rich has enjoyed doing them. We're going to talk about Bruce Painter today, uh, another icon in the industry, especially with respect to the National Sports Collectors Convention, which is actually coming up at the time of this recording. But first, to thank the sponsors, uh, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Panini, Tops, and Upper Deck. Great sponsors. Please patronize them. But today, we're going to talk about a great guy who uh, passed away earlier this year. So, Rich, uh, let's give tribute to Bruce Painter, a real leader in the industry, especially in the national. He was, and he also a big leader in the Chicago area. And one of the most important aspects is you mentioned corporate sponsorships. His 1989 national was really one of the first major places Upper Deck was at, and they were handing out all these promo sheets every time you walked by. And I know we got tired of trying of just we didn't want those sheets because they were oversized and yeah. a couple. If of, those promo sheets had been two and a half by three and a half, they'd be golden. Yes, but they're placemats almost. <laughs> but they did have a time where they got very popular and, yes, and they yes. did go up in price because you know, I collected those. I remember I mean, we tried to have one of each and that was near impossible. But and they're beautiful artwork, but it's uh, <laughs> just the, those were the days. Yes, they were. But Bruce did a lot of really great things for the National. He and his wife, Benita, are both collectors. And, I, and I'll use the present tense because they both are always with us. Benita will continue, at least for the near future, to can set up at his table at the National. And she actually had her own separate collection, which is kind of, which yeah. is kind of neat, where yeah. the wife not only supported the husband, but the wife did her own thing, too. And that's really cool. So they truly were a couple. They they seem to get together, get, get along together really well. Uh, you know, it's it's long hours. It's not so stressful. It, it's a hobby, but they're they're sitting at their booth and be. And I remember they were always both very pleasant, in spite of the fact that there can be you know this idea that the customer is always right is not actually well, true. But they handled things very well, it well, seemed like. fortunately, Bruce was very successful as, as, an, as attorney. an attorney. And, yeah. you know, when, when you don't have to depend on what you're making as your table sales for your day-to-day -day living, that always helps. And it's like, okay, somebody can be right, and it's not, a big, it's not as big it's of a deal. It's smaller stuff than your livelihood depending on it. Exactly. But he was a serious collector, too. He was a very serious collector. And, you know, and he was a very frequent donator to our Dot Hover Meme shows. Yeah. And one of my favorite stories of that is we would talk on Facebook every couple months. Right. And sometimes he goes, and one time he goes to me, Rich, I'm sending you some stuff. But I also just picked up 5,089 Donruss Tom Prince cards at this estate sale. Can I send them to you? <laughs> and he had sent me stuff over the years, which included an 82 Donruss set case and tons of singles, oh, wow. you know, and all sorts of other sets he had donated us. so Because you know, he was more of a vintage guy. He's he? more of a vintage yeah. guy, but they had done new stuff. So, sure, Bruce, you've sent us more than enough stuff. Of course, I'll take that. And he goes, yes, you're a prince of a gentleman. And the next in, line... In the fullest sense of the word. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so I always now tease people, if you ever get a bag that has 189 Donruss Tom Prince cards, just let me know 
we won't give you another prize, but we'll give you another bag of cards without even, here, take them. We know that that's not something you want, but that's what we've got on that bag. You know, that's why they're random bags. But the other thing Bruce really helped Shepard, and especially during the 80s, was to get the National out of the Midwest, I'm going to use the word in parentheses, rut it was in. 81, it's in Plymouth, Michigan. 82, it's in St. Louis. 83, it's in Chicago. And if you have a bunch of Midwest dealers voting each year, they're going to stay where it's an easy drive. And after the, 80, the first day of the 83 National on Friday night, the basic genesis of the national bylaws were written, including the national could not be in a contiguous state or within 400 miles of where the location was, you know, the previous year. And that was to ensure the national could then move to the East Coast, to the West Coast, and it wouldn't just stay in the Midwest area. As good as the Midwest area is for collecting, you do want to get all the country involved, especially in the 80s. Are you saying that was Bruce's idea? I know Bruce was the one that kind of I think, worked I don't, up the bylaws. I don't know if it attorney. was his idea, but I think he shepherded it through. And he, he probably papered it and wrote it up. Right. And that, that generally was a wise thing. I think at the time it was a very wise thing because it really enabled the national to grow. It enabled the national to move. It widened To be truly a national. Right. Even though still it's become heavily Chicago, a little bit of Cleveland, a little bit of uh, Atlantic City, and, you know, again, great memories of the nationals on the West Coast, but that's just, it's... It's it's difficult. It's difficult. And I guess it's a it's a vote of the dealers, but people like Bruce had a lot of influence because Bruce not only was an attorney uh, and a collector, he was also a dealer and had been at, well, I don't know, he'd, he'd been at he was head of the 30, Chicago, 30 yes. 35, like you. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't remember that he was there he, at the first one. He but, was in the 30s, yes. And he yeah. and Benita were in the 30s. So, I mean, that's how it's. tables right up front. And again, very uh, good ambassadors for our industry. Exactly. And, and the two nationals he really ran, and he and Benita, and I got to always remember to put them as a couple. Yes. But the 83 and the 89 national are two of the very best nationals out of all the nationals. I remember the 83 nationals, the first one I went to. And mm-hmm. I had a quarter of Mel Solomon. Uh, Mel had two tables. I had a quarter of one of those two tables. By Thursday night, the dealer set up. I had already paid for my whole trip to Chicago. And then Friday, the show in those days, the Midwest shows basically ran nine to nine on Fridays. And I remember that Friday. I was busy the whole day. I think maybe about 730 or 8 o'clock, it finally let up a little. And that may have been the single greatest day I ever saw as a table holder in the history of the hobby. Well, those were pre-Beckett uh, uh, monthly days. I mean, I, I moved down to Dallas in 1980. And so in the late 70s, I was up at Bowling Green, and I went over to a lot of the local Chicago shows, which were great shows. And I, th- I think Bruce was involved with the Chicagoland uh, Sports he Collectors was, he was Association. He was president of it for a long time. Yeah. yeah. But they had some great shows. I, I probably saw him then there, at that time. But again, it was uh, prior to, the, to 1980, it was very regionalized in terms of there were some strong regional shows in certain uh, hobby towns, of which Chicago is one of the best, with, with two franchises for such a long time. It's, it was, uh, and he, he was a knowledgeable sports fan and a knowledgeable collector and someone that was uh, always a, a willing and generous contributor to, to, uh, to uh, our price guides and the input for them. And then the 1989 Chicago National is the last one held in a hotel. I remember taking the elevator to the show each day, 
And that's always nice when you're sleeping in the same hotel the show's in. You don't have to travel even by foot. I will say Arlington, when the host hotel is right next door to the convention center, that's, even though you're walking, it's really a short walk. But the 89 National, he had caught a great wave. The hobby was truly in boom towns. We mentioned Upper Deck with their corporate booth. And one, you know, we're just sitting chatting, you know, we're talking, and I'll presage this a little, one of your future guests is going to be one of my old Beckett teammates, Dave Slipka. Right. And Dave and I eventually went back, and we realized we met for the first time at the 89 Chicago National because we would talk about, oh, I bought from you at that show? Okay. And so it was really, but we were busy the whole weekend at that show, and it was, not, again, nonstop. Did Dave come after you? Dave came about two or three years after me. As a matter of fact, in his cubicle, he used to have a, a framed photo of his first rejection letter from Beckett. Oh, yeah, well, so we then hired him a year later, but he, he yeah. applied in 91 and then 92, and then in 92 we were able to hire him. He's, well, yes, he, um, I always liked Dave, and we just, I think we hired somebody else for the hockey position that he had applied for. Right. But I remember telling him after, when I was interviewing, probably in Chicago, maybe at, at a Bruce Painter show, but... Uh, and telling him, hey, we'll, I'll keep your resume on file. I think you're a strong candidate. We're just something like that. And I think he just said, oh, sure, right? He's throwing the trash. But I didn't. I thought he was sharp, and I thought this guy could really help us. I had no idea how versatile he was. But uh, he, he um, so a year later, we called him up, and he, I think he was shocked but, but pleased, and, and we had a great ride together. But, again, a lot of those Chicago guys were, 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 were good guys, and uh, – uh, there was a, you know, Bruce and Benita were, were mainstays. They, they were just Chicago through and through. And they're the type of the people the hobby was built upon. Your, your people who worked, your people who loved the hobby. Who well, did ideal is a side gig for, exactly. for sports fans who had a, had a collecting bug. And, and uh, when it's a family situation, so much the better. So way so much the better. And, you know, and, and I'm glad, you know, that in, before his unexpected passing, he, you know, he was also a big Northwestern Exactly, guy. right. And his dad was like a conductor. You know, he was a music conductor. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they both had these big Northwest ties. And, you know, hearing those stories yeah. are really cool, too. Yeah, that's... that's he was a, a huge Northwest fan. Northwestern. Northwestern, University. yeah. Yeah, I, I, my dad was born in Evanston. And uh, lived there for his first 14 years or whatever. And, and so we didn't necessarily go back there that much. But we lived in the suburbs of Chicago and, uh, for uh, a I'm, year I'm or so. So, I mean, I have uh, I, Chicago is a, can be a tough town. And actually, it's a tough town, and you probably need a good attorney. You really need a good attorney. And, and you, know, chi- you know, Chicago is an interesting place because, with as you mentioned, and I know you mentioned this as part of your why you're doing this in your background, you lived in the Chicago area, you know, in the 59, 1959, 60 yes, era. Yes. And so you had two vibrant, you know, eventually you ended up with two vibrant franchises. The White Sox were right. vibrant then. Mm-hmm. The Cubs are vibrant now. The White Sox are making, are getting strong again. The Bulls had that great run, you know, in the 90s with Michael Jordan. Right. You know, the Blackhawks have always been popular and the and the Bears are the oldest extent, probably NFL franchise with the Packers. And again, right. you you know, but Bears fans are Bears fans for lives. And right. so you're in a big sports area. And, you know, Bruce was such a cool guy because I would talk to him every national and we would just shoot the breeze. And he always had good stuff on his table. He was always fairly priced. Yeah. 
you know, and that's the other thing. He was, you know, you could always buy from him, and you knew if you were buying from him, it was very fairly priced. It might not be the cheapest in the room, right? But it was, yeah. but it was always fair. No, well, what's what's uh, so his legacy? I think he was a uh, obviously had to be a good attorney. I never, <laughs> thankfully, never had to use him as an attorney, other than the fact that he was a solid guy and seemed to have a good marriage, nice family. And, uh, and 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 love the industry, but uh, he's really going to be missed. Uh, who's uh, is there any? You know, we talked about Mike Burkus. He's got you know sons who are carrying on. Is Benita, I guess, going to carry on? Benita is there will carry we on. We can a, do to un- assist with that. Unfortunately, the I believe it was the younger son who actually would have been the one that loved the hobby the most. He passed from leukemia, I believe, at the age of 21. Yes. And, I mean, that's just way too young. And yes. he loved the hobby. He, had, he was really getting into prepping everything and pricing everything. And yeah. he was, he, but he loved the cards, too. He would have been probably the best of the children. To well, ca- Bruce, uh, untimely death as well. He had to be in his 60s? Late 60s. Yeah. And as I said, it just shocked me. And, like, just to throw out an aside the other day, I'm, Looking on Facebook, and I and I see a note from my friend Mike Kushner, who I always saw in Chicago, age seventy four, and and I see on Jimmy Spence's Facebook page today we laid him to rest, and I and mm-hmm. I didn't realize how sick he was, and Mike had these great wall of baseballs that he would intricately put up at every show, and on a personal note, Mike and I, Mike used to always know where all the best kosher delis were in any <laughs> location, and we, we'd go out to dinner each year at the National to one of his favorite kosher delis, and I will tell you that I'm going to miss this year just yeah. because. I knew that was going to be a really good meal. Well, Rich, thanks for uh, walking down memory lane with me and trying to give some level of tribute to a, a, a real pioneer and icon in the industry, a, a good friend. And and uh, he, Bruce Painter is going to be missed. He's he's worthy of uh, of this. Uh, he's probably in the Hall of Fame for the the National Sports Card uh, Collectors Convention, and he's. Uh, He's going to be missed. So. Absolutely. And, I'll and miss it'll, it'll be sad this year. But, uh, again, thanks for doing this. We'll do some more of these uh, at a future time. Uh, always eager to have input from our listeners. Just send, uh, send an email to beckettinsights at gmail.com, and we'll take it under consideration. We're always looking for ideas for, uh, for, uh, for future episodes. Again, thanks for your time. We'll, we'll talk again tomorrow.